We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the night. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here, and I'm really glad to be here. I got a lot of great stuff planned for us tonight. We're going to be interviewing two different people tonight. One is Nick, and he shares his encounters that he's had throughout his entire life living in Texas. And we're also bringing on Callan. Callan actually runs the popular YouTube channel, Slapped Ham. He's got over 400,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel today. And he wants to spend some time with us talking about his channel and talking about some articles that he has posted on his website. Before we get into these guys, though, I want to bring on Lindsay because Lindsay has some really exciting, fun news to share with us today. So we are excited to announce that the Confessionals podcast is now registered for the 12th Annual Podcast Awards. This is a worldwide podcast competition where podcasters, usually amateurs, um, they, they register for the award. And then from today, July 1st through July 31st, it's an open voting period. So what we want to ask is that people who listen to the show and really love the show, um, please vote for the confessionals. Um, What you'd want to do is go to www.podcastawards.com. At the top of the page, you'll see a button that says nominations are open. And what you do when you click that, they, they just want you to sign up quickly. They send you a link just to verify who you are, and then you're able at any point to go on and vote for the confessionals. Thanks, Linz, for that update, and I really appreciate you coming on and doing that for me. Hopefully, people go and check out the website and vote for us and help us win this competition. Next up on tonight's show, we're bringing on Callan. Callan is running the YouTube channel Slapped Ham from Australia. Slapped Ham is one of those YouTube channels that makes lists of top 10 or top 5, whatever. Usually, they're scary pictures or scary videos. And Callan is coming on with me tonight to talk about one of the articles he posted on his website. So let's get to Callan. Okay, tonight I have a special guest coming on for a short little segment before we get into our main interview here. I'm bringing on Callan, and Callan started the YouTube channel Slapped Ham, and uh, I would definitely recommend you guys going in 
and checking out Slapped Ham on YouTube. Give it a subscribe and actually hit that alarm button or that that little bell uh, next to the subscribe button. That will alert you every time he puts a new video up. So I definitely recommend you guys doing that. And check out his website, SlappedHam.com. He's got a lot of good articles on there. And actually, we're going to be discussing one tonight. Uh, Callan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, it's great to have you, man. It's this is something that we've been trying to do for a while, but it's it's kind of hard. It's we're learning it's hard to arrange a schedule when somebody else is in Australia and I'm in the United States, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been playing a bit of tag, but yeah, the welcome to my world working from uh, Australia, it's tough doing business with America. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, I know when we were talking a little bit there, I couldn't believe it was a 14 hour difference between you and I. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just definitely makes yeah, it's it a little the morning harder. here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Tuesday morning there, Monday night here. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm in the future. <laughs> the future is bright. So, how's Tuesday? No. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, all right. So, well, listen, we, you and I were talking and we came across this article of yours on your website, the most creepy yep. ghost photos we've ever seen. And before we get into that, uh, why don't you let people know, how did Slap Ham come about and what, is that, what exactly do you do on Slap Ham? Yeah, sure. Well, um, basically, yeah, I had just finished up a degree in professional writing and editing um, and was figuring out what on earth I'm going to do with myself. And a friend of mine, I'm actually close friends with uh, Danger Dolan. So some of you listening might know him. He runs Planet Dolan, which is a quite a significant YouTube channel. Um, and basically, yeah, he just showed me what he was doing and um, how he was making videos. And that just struck a chord with me. And I was just thought, oh, I have, yeah, I could absolutely do that as well. So um Gave it a whirl, you know, he showed me how to do it and he gave a shout out to our channel, which in the beginning is is absolutely crucial for growing a YouTube channel. So that was a massive leg up and basically it went from there. It was super hobby level in the beginning, sort of one video a week and then um, just kept growing and growing. And yeah, now my brother and I do it full time um, from our house here. And yeah, it's just the best job in the world, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now and the top the your top most rated videos or I guess I should say most viewed. And the yep. most viewed video on here is uh 10 real photos that cannot be explained. It seems like a lot of people gravitate towards the mysterious uh list that you have on here the more I look at. It. Is that what you have seen as well? Yeah, absolutely. For some <laughs> some reason our audience just loves the paranormal stuff. Um we do all kinds of stuff, you know, like we'll do, you know, top 10 weirdest toys or today we did uh, this viral hoax videos that have sort of fooled the media and stuff like that. So we did that today. But generally, yeah, our audience absolutely loves the paranormal stuff. Yeah, I've noticed that myself, obviously, with my show. I do a lot of paranormal stuff as well. And yeah. people just... They're really intrigued by things that they don't understand. And I think that's, that's the basic root of things is that as human beings, the things that you just can't make sense of, you're, you're compelled to look at more and more because it's just so mysterious. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's the basis of the internet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So this article uh, that you sent over to me, and I was looking at it earlier, and I really liked it. There was actually... I liked almost all these photos in here. I, I was seeing what some crazy stuff. And I know there's you have about five photos 
on here that you would like to talk about, but I want to start you off. I'm not sure if this is on your list, but the num- number nine, Grey Lady of Hampton Court. That photo yeah. looks crazy. What's the story behind that? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a crazy one, isn't it? Because Particularly because it's so sort of high def. Normally, uh, ghost photos, you know, there's the old potato uh, camera joke that people always say. It's always like low definition. You can't really see much. But this one is crazy because it's so uh like the lighting and stuff if you look at it is is amazing so for someone to hoax that it's incredible work if they have but basically what it is is so this young girl holly she was at hampton court which is there's a big palace in um surrey uk there in england um and she was there with her cousin and they were walking around and she was taking some snaps and she took this photo, um, and basically, they think it's this kind of—they call it the Grey Lady of Hampton Court. So they think it's this Dame Sybil Penn, which was which was an old servant in the Hampton Court who died of smallpox back in 1562. Um, basically, the story goes they all all through Hampton Court, they kept seeing these strange sightings of this strange old lady, you know, walking down the hallway and, you know, out the side of her eye, out the side of their eyes in the periphery and all that sort of. Um, they, in 1829, they, they moved her tomb uh, after some renovations. And then after that, they heard some weird noises filling the place and all that sort of stuff. And, then late at night, they could hear this spinning wheel kind of like ticking every night behind one of the the walls in the palace. And so they opened the wall and they found this secret room where there was this old spinning wheel. And they so basically they think that this was this old lady, you know, uh, Dame Sybil Penn, uh, Dame Sybil Penn, who, you know, haunted the place and had this old uh, spinning wheel behind this secret room which is super creepy and very fitting of an old creepy English palace, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, almost like the uh, that holds the key to the whole mystery, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, yeah, it's like a movie almost, you know, like, you know, finding a secret room and there's an old spinning wheel. Yeah, it's a crazy story. And this photo just backs it up. It's, it, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing picture. Yeah. So what is your... Uh, most favorite picture on this list of top 10 here? Uh, the one that creeps the most, um, I'll just bring it up here one moment. It's the one taken in the, so it's number two on the list. <clears throat> it's called the crematorium ghost. Um, and this one is probably the most realistic ghost photo I've ever seen. Basically, uh, so this mother and daughter uh, were just hanging out in their house taking some selfies, and they took this photo, and you can see on the right there, there is this creepy spectral figure kind of just floating there. Uh, and, I mean, if if you're in a Photoshop, to pull that off, you would have to be an absolute master. You can kind of see... It's it's almost like the figure's floating, and you can see on her face, it's like it's bloated almost. Oh, it's, it just gives me the creeps. But basically uh, what it was, this photo started circulating in 2014 um, after she took this photo of herself 
with her daughter um, and they saw that creepy figure in the background and it scared the mum so much she hired this paranormal investigator to look into the history of the house and basically what they found was that the house used to be a fully functioning crematorium where that would have housed hundreds of dead bodies. So that just the, with the backstory and the, wow. the realisticness of this photo, it just, yeah, it gives you a bit of chills, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I didn't notice the bloated face until you said that. It would be our right, her left side, the whole left side of the face looks distorted and almost blown out. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like almost like as if, yeah, there's some swelling there or something, you know, and her hair is kind of almost floating there just to the left and the whole body looks like it's elevated. And yeah, (laughs) when I saw this, I was like, yeah, gave me gave me the creeps for sure. Yeah. You know, it kind of reminds me, and I don't know why exactly it reminds me. Actually, I know why. Because I covered a story early on in this show's uh, history where, and you might have even seen it go around the internet, a girl in Georgia took a selfie in her truck and she caught a a picture of a ghost standing next to her brother in the background uh, of the pickup truck. Well, I actually was able to track down that girl and her mom and I interviewed them. And oh, yeah. this yeah. really reminds me of that because of the whole mom and daughter taking a selfie thing and a ghost popping up in the background. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always the the kind of they swear that no one else was there. That's always the backstory for a lot of ghost photos. But yeah, this one sort of has a lot of those details that make it just that little bit more credible, I think. Yeah. Okay, so I'm looking at this list and I have to ask you, Number three, missing limb. What is going on in that picture? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this one I stumbled across in a – so it was a ghost forum where so a whole bunch of people get together and discuss photos that they've taken themselves. Um, and this was taken on a – I think it was like Christmas Eve or something. And so he's taken a picture of his young son there and his daughter. And basically, yeah, her, her sort of be her right arm – is just vanished and in its place is this super creepy shadow with like long slender fingers and the other thing too is the 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 shadow looks like it's wearing a long dress whereas the the young girl's wearing shorts <laughs> so that that little detail in itself is just super creepy yeah um and yeah so basically this guy he goes by that alias peter he submitted the photo to the to the forum, just wanting to get get some support and and some advice on what on earth is going on with his daughter, and no one could really explain it. The closest explanation I've seen is that it could be that it's some kind of motion blur that her arm was moving so quick that so if you kind of so the tip of the arm there could actually be her hand facing forward, and then it it's created a motion blur, and then the shadow. Uh, but then, yeah, it doesn't really explain the shadow to me. No. So, yeah, this one is 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 off the charts creepy, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at that that shadow, and you're right. I mean, th- those fingers, they don't even look like fingers. It looks like there's an arm and then like a stub at the end of the arm, and off that stub is almost like these long strands of ha- thick hair or something. It, it, really, it really looks creepy, and I didn't even notice the uh, whole dress in the uh, shadow until you mentioned that. Yeah, like, because if she was wearing shorts, I mean, you would have a more slender kind of profile there, but 
it's like the the figure is wearing a dress, which yeah, <laughs> does my head in a little. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this uh, I don't even know how to how to describe this picture. It looks like a family photo. It's number five. It looks like a family photo, and it looks like there's somebody there, but they're highlighting it as they're not supposed to be there. Is that what I'm supposed to be getting at? Uh, number hospital, five. Hospital ghost. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one. Hang on, just bringing it up. We have ex- incredibly slow internet here in Australia, so you'll have to bear with me. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Newsham hospital ghost. So this one's an interesting one too because they were all on a ghost tour. So they're they're all walking around this hospital on a ghost tour led by a you know an instructor who basically that's his full-time job, you know, telling about the creepy ghost stories that sometimes happen at this hospital. So they took a group photo and when they reviewed the photo, they saw right in the middle there, yeah, there's this pale, creepy ghost-looking figure with sort of long black hair. And even at the bottom there too, just under the initial pale face, there's another second pale face just below there. I don't know whether it's a T-shirt or what, but there's two incredibly creepy uh, figures there. And then when the basically when the group leader was reviewing the photo, he asked around and, and asked all the group members whether they could remember anyone that matched that profile. And, and everyone was just dumbfounded because they were certain that there was no one there in the middle there right next to you know, that, that lady there, the old guy there, he, he said basically there was no one there. So they've, they've clearly captured something very unnerving with this photo for sure. Wow. Yeah. You know, I didn't even notice the second face below, but it definitely. Yeah. Neither did I initially when, when we released the video on our YouTube channel, uh, everyone was like, yeah, but what about that second creepy face? And then I was like, oh yeah, there is, there's a totally another figure there. So who knows what's going on with this one, basically, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I come from, I got my start in all this stuff with the whole Bigfoot scene. I, and when I'm looking at these different photos and stuff that people send over, or, you know, I'll do a video analyzing something, a lot of times I'll, I'll say, this isn't, you know, anything, it's a tree stump or whatever. And a lot of times people say, yeah, but what about that in the background? And I look and I'm like, there's nothing there. What are you talking about? But this time there's actually another face there. It's very visible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, often it's like some sort of distorted pixel or something and they're like, look at that, it could be something and it's like, yeah, clutching at straws a bit there. But this one, yeah, is incredible. I I wonder what uh, the guy standing behind this ghostly figure and the girl standing in front of it think, Mm. knowing that there is something right there that they didn't see, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that guy in the in the back there, he would have had a clear view. Basically, there wouldn't have been been anyone there. And then to review that photo would have been um, chills for sure. Yeah. So let's look at one more picture. Uh, what what picture would you like to wrap this up with? Um, I hang on. Let me have a look. Just loading it. I think it's number six. Let's bring it up. Six and seven are pretty amazing. Uh, Six is probably the creepiest just because that. So we're talking about the uh, faceless girl here. So basically this was 1943 in Hungary. Uh, A guy and his wife were out walking 
and he decided to take a photo of his wife against this pole here. Um, and then when they – so they said that no one was around when they took this picture. And then when they reviewed – so I guess back in 1943, you had to print it and all that sort of stuff. So when the photo was developed, there is clearly a armless girl in a white dress in the back there with no face, no arms – and then just below that, there's another leg jutting out sort of from the left of the, the lady in the front there. He's somehow hiding behind her. So there should be almost a whole other person there that you can't see. You can just see his leg jutting out. So, yeah, there's just two inexplicable objects in this picture that the, the guy that took the photo has no explanation for. Yeah, that's and they're just the creepiest thing in the world. I think a, a black ghostless girl with a white dress, you know, that, that's classic horror film, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing scarier than a little girl, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just kind of staring in the background. Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you're trying to look at it skeptically, you could say yep. maybe the little girl ha- is standing, you know, like she's you know, trying to be cute or something and she has her hands behind her back and that's why you yep. can't see the arms, but it does not explain yep. the lack of face. Yeah, and it's kind of oblong, like the face is almost long and right. and tall and black and it just, I don't know, maybe she's wearing a mask or something and they didn't notice, but yeah, very strange. And then that leg, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. <laughs> Yeah, and another thing is you look at the time frame or the time period, 1943. Mm. I mean, yep. what kind of masks do kids wear in those? I mean, you'd have to really kind of look into the culture and stuff. But, I mean, yep. you're looking at a time where you're just coming out of the Great Depression. You know, yep. there was no luxuries at that time. I mean, people were standing in lines for bread and milk. And so yep. to have a mask of some sort to, just for fun, it doesn't Yeah, seem to make absolutely, sense to yeah. Me pretty indulgent stuff but yeah so super creepy image for sure yeah now you mentioned it so let's do it i mean number seven fatal motorbike accident talk to me about this one man yeah and this is a relatively new one which is which is great like if you i mean because we quite regularly do ghost photos on our youtube channel and it can be hard to sort of dig up some new quality images so this one's yeah very interesting uh, July 14th, uh, 2016, so just last year, uh, a truck driver called Sol, Sol Vasquez, he took this photo while passing this kind of, there was a, an accident on the uh, Bert T. Combs Mountain Parkway in eastern Kentucky. <clears throat> so just as he was driving by, he, he snapped this pic. Um, so you can see there's two paramedics there and a whole bunch of onlooking people, but then just above the people's head there, there is what looks like some kind of white, I don't know what you'd say, a white figure or some kind of ghostly sort of looking apparition rising up into the trees there. Um, so at the time, he didn't know what was going on. So then he's reviewed the photo and then look, looked up the news and basically, yeah, a, a motorbike accident had occurred and the man died on site pretty much as this photo was taken so he posted it on his facebook page and there was a lot of speculation but yeah basically a lot of people think that this could actually be his spirit or his soul you know like lifting up from his body at the moment of death which is 
is something else, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, people could say, okay, well, he's driving by, motion blur. But the thing is, when you're looking at this picture, nothing is blurred. You can see details of the people standing there in the crowd. There's nothing yeah. blurred. So you can't really say there's motion blur here. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely looks like some kind of white humanoid figure ascending above the crowd of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, as you pointed out, I mean, the, the guy's on the right there in the high-vis shirt. He's very detailed. And then the whole group looking on, yeah, you can make out everyone. And then the white figure, yeah, is ha it has a, a different quality to it. I mean, it's possible it's Photoshopped. I mean, it could be just a little smudge or something like that. But, um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's a hard one to explain. And, yeah, it it went crazy on Facebook. It got shared, you know, thousands of times because sure. it's just such an interesting story. <clears throat> yeah. So, all right, Kel, before we get out of here, let me ask you one question here. You post a lot of these pictures and videos of the, you know, paranormal ghosts, you know, and people like it. What are your thoughts yep. on it? What do, you, what do you think about the whole paranormal thing? People are saying they see these ghosts and, or they experience hauntings. Uh, what are your personal thoughts on that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because I generally, I don't know, I sort of identify as agnostic, so I'm kind of neither here nor there. There's not quite enough evidence for uh, the afterlife, but then there's not enough evidence that there's not sort of thing. And then as I got into this YouTube channel, uh, doing more and more of this paranormal stuff, I mean, you see, you see some dodgy Photoshop jobs all the time, but I mean, you know, sort of the ones we've looked at tonight, uh, they do make you question, you know, whether there is something else going on that we can't explain. Um, and you know, maybe these photos are some, some evidence to suggest, you know, there, there is something else going on that humans can't quite perceive so yeah i mean I'm, I'm still on the on the fence a little but the the more i work on slap tam the more i see these kind of creepy images yeah it, it definitely keeps me up at night sometimes thinking about some of these things yeah absolutely so the jury's still out for you uh but yeah basically yeah i tell you i i really enjoy the the uh channel and i think we kind of connected because you saw we were sharing some of your videos and stuff but uh, yep. yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And I really would highly encourage you and your brother to continue doing it, continue to expand. Uh, you guys got a great channel going. I highly recommend everybody checking it out. It's Slapped Ham. You can look him up on YouTube. And like I said, hit subscribe and hit that little bell button so you get alarmed every time he posts a new video. And you can also check out his website, slappedham.com. He's got a lot of great lists of uh, pictures and things. And not just paranormal stuff. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Go, definitely go check it out. Callan, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, cheers, dude. It's been amazing. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. See you later. We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. <sighs> the new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Bye. 
Okay, so hopefully you guys go ahead and check out Callan's YouTube channel, Slapped Ham, and go ahead and check out his website as well, SlappedHam.com. He's got a lot of good stuff on there, so give him a subscribe on YouTube, and hopefully you enjoy the content. Next on tonight's show, we have Nick coming on. Nick has had a life of experiences down in Texas, anything from ghosts to Bigfoot to UFO. I know you guys are going to enjoy hearing what he has to say, so let's get to Nick. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on, Nick. He actually contacted me on Facebook, on the Facebook page, the Confessionals Facebook page, and him and I have been talking for a while now, and it's just been you know one of those hit and miss things. I know, Nick, you just graduated uh, college or something like that, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, just... uh, and uh, I'll be transferring to a uh, university pretty soon to finish up my degree. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because I know when you first contacted me, you said something about graduating in a week or so, and I was like, okay, so the guy's busy. So I knew this would be a process of getting you on and stuff, but I'm really glad that we're talking tonight. Uh, you mentioned in the messages, and we talked about it before we came on air on air tonight that uh, you had some UFO encounters and also some kind of like, you know, spiritual demonic uh, encounter that you had. Why don't you walk us into the UFO encounters? Uh, the first one when you were about seven or eight years old, what happened there? Uh, all right. So uh, I was, when I was living in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, still, uh, I was about seven or eight, like we went, like you mentioned, and my family, we were visiting our great aunt for Easter. And so it was a nice day out, you know, clear skies, not a lot of clouds really. And uh, I just remember being in the front yard with my brother, who's two years older than me. So he's about nine, 10, 11, somewhere around there. And so we were just, you know, talking, whatever, doing what kids do in the front yard, playing around. So then we looked up in the sky and we were like, what is that? And sure enough, it was an ice cream cone. And as weird as that sounds, I knew it wasn't a kite. Like I flew kites when I was a kid. I know how high they go. And this thing was, uh, so high in the sky. Like, I don't think like airplanes could go that high. And I knew it was an ice cream cone because we saw like the tip of it. And I want to say it's vanilla. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was an ice cream cone. I told my brother, I was like, you know, is that an ice cream cone? We were like, yeah. So then we didn't make anything of it. And we just went to the backyard of our aunt and made a gingerbread house because, uh, Easter time. But yeah, I don't think we really talked to our parents or anybody about that situation. We just kind of brushed it off and, Later on, we were just like, oh, yeah, fine ice cream cone. But I never really clicked the two together until I actually uh, was Googling. And I was like, you know what? Let me see if I'm crazy or not. And so I found some things on Google uh, on this one website called the Mercury News. And they say uh, they have multiple uh reports and one of them comes from 1950 in San Jose and mine was about 1997 1998 so about 40 plus years since then and basically what this report says is that people saw including military officials a flying ice cream cone in the sky and they were saying 
uh, what colors it was, vanilla or chocolate. So that got me thinking. I was like, you know what? Maybe that was something legitimate that I saw, you know? Like maybe something real and not make-believe and not a kite because I knew it wasn't a kite at all. So that's something I'm still skeptical about, about today. And believe it or not, a lot of people online have seen something like a ice cream cone shaped in the sky flying. So, yeah, that's the first encounter. Wow. So, <laughs> all right. When you first say something like that, I'm sure... I mean, have you told a lot of people about this? Because I'm sure you get really mixed reactions. Right. Yeah, no, I've only told like a handful of close friends. That's okay. about it. I mean, nobody's going to believe in the ice cream cones in the sky. <laughs> right. So, okay, because when you first said that, I kind of was taken back. I was like, really? An ice cream cone? Like, so let me ask. Yeah. let me ask you, it wasn't, from your details, it wasn't just the shape of an ice cream cone, but it literally looked like an ice cream cone. Yeah, exactly. And like it moved like a airplane or something would move in the sky. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but it was just moving in the sky. And I could tell clearly it was an ice cream cone with ice cream on it. <laughs> That's bizarre. That's absolutely bizarre. So, all right. So, I'm actually looking on Google right now as you were saying that because I, I was like, I have to look this up. And I do. I see I see people talking about this flying ice cream cone. I guess this is why when you and I were talking, you said it's a flying something, a UFS, an unidentified flying something, because <laughs> it's just not your typical UFO sighting. But there's a lot of people that are saying similar things and i'm seeing a lot of different sketches of an upside down ice creams cone was yours upside down or upside right or right side up uh yeah i don't know i mean like when you move your head up to look at the sky it kind of distorts your viewing i guess but i guess because we turned around and we were looking at it so we're looking at it from all different angles as much as we could see down on the ground but i saw it from both ways i guess you could say so you saw it from both ways. Is that because it was it, it moved or it was just a different vantage point or what? Oh, I mean, both. Yeah, it was moving as we saw it. And like, I believe we like looked down and looked up and it was gone. So that was really weird for us. And, you know, we were kids. We didn't make anything of it. So it, how long was the encounter roughly? Uh, I want to say maybe like maybe a minute or so because we were like my brother and I were talking like oh that's an ice cream cone we were looking at it while we're talking and that was about it really so maybe 30 seconds I'm not really quite sure so let me ask you how many people were with you when you saw this uh well my brother and I were on the front lawn looking at it but my parents and my great aunt and uncle they were at the house, but they weren't at the front lawn. All right. So it was you and your brother. Right. Have you ever talked to your brother about this since? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I brought it up to him and for both of us, it's kind of like a running joke. Like, Oh yeah. You remember the flying ice cream cone? Oh yeah. You know, we laugh about it, but that's about it. I mean, he's not one really for the supernatural paranormal sort of thing, but I don't know. I kind of question 
a flying ice cream cone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what do you think it was? I mean, do you, what do you think UFOs are? First of all, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And then how does that relate to your experience, your first experience here? Uh, well, after doing research online about UFOs, what I've seen, I think that they can be in all different shapes and sizes and looks and sounds and if they have any lights on them, I think they can all be different like that. So I think after finding other people having reports, even way before I was born, that there's reports about a flying ice cream cone, I don't think I'm so crazy and believing that it's true. But uh, I don't know. I have to, I guess I have to believe it's true. I mean, other people are saying it. I'm saying it, and uh, I still believe it's true to this day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw what you saw, and nobody can take that yeah. away from you. Um, right. So, I mean, when it comes to UFOs and the things that you've looked into, uh, before we move on to your next encounter here, uh, what's your general senses as to what these things are, though? Not just the ice cream cone UFO, but just in general, like when people are seeing things in the sky, do you think it's all the same thing? Do you think they're different uh, sources? What do you think? Uh, see, that's, that's kind of hard. Uh, like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's military ships. And people are like, no, I know it wasn't military because of how they look. Uh, I, I don't know what they are. I wish I knew what they were, but I feel like it's something that we as humans can't fathom or can't explain until we have some sort of evidence in front of us, I guess you could say. But I don't know. I, I want to know. I want to know what I saw that day, and I want to know what other people see. But I don't know. I don't know if it's something... Uh, of this world, out of this world, <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, it's a fair assessment, man. Most people don't, you know, most people don't really know about these things at all. I mean, everybody has their ideas and thoughts and guesses, but nobody really knows what it actually is. So you're seven or eight years old and you see this. Later on in life, you see a UFO again. What happened? Right, that's correct. Uh, about uh, two two years ago or so, two to three years, and it was a summer night. Uh, I was taking out the trash to the front yard, you know, and, you know, everything was fine as usual, hot out. Uh, I was living in Houston, Texas at this time, so it's hot no matter what time of day or night it is. So, you know... I was taking out the trash and uh, I was just looking around, looking at the sky and such. And so then I see up above my house in the sky, uh, it was a cloudy night too. And I see these lights going around these clouds. And I was like, you know, that's strange. And I got to thinking that at car dealerships, you know how they have those lights that go, uh, they move 
back and forth to try and, you know, tell people that they're there. And yeah. I was like, you know, that looks like it, but it's not because I know how they move and this isn't moving like that. There was about six lights or so and they're all circling each other like in a circle mo- motion and they're just going around in a circle and just moving on the cloud and I could tell it wasn't being portrayed on the cloud it was I guess you could say through the cloud like the clouds didn't it wasn't there it was above the clouds and those car dealership lights they don't go above the clouds so I was like okay I had all this all these thoughts running through my mind so when I take out my phone in my pocket and I call my brother who's in the house at the time and I was like hey come outside right now and I just hung up and I was still watching it so he came outside and I said look and then uh we watched it and I was like what do you think that is and he was quiet for a moment. I was like, those aren't lights. And he's like, no, those, that's, no. He's like, that's something different. And that's all we were saying for the entire time I was there. We were like, that's something different. That's not real. That's not right. And, you know, I told him about the car dealership lights. And he's like, no, that's not it. I was like, I know. It's weird. It's not normal. And so we were watching it. And we were up in the sky. We saw a plane, like an airplane at nighttime, and we saw it. I don't know if it's because of we couldn't see or what, but so as these lights were going around, we saw a plane fly into the clouds, and we never saw it fly out. So, I mean, we could just not see the plane or who knows. But then that got me thinking, too, when that happened, uh, to us, uh, as I was happening, I told my brother, I was like, you know, uh, on Facebook, we were, uh, we had some friends that lived in the area and they lived like north to us. And they said the other day or the previous days, they saw some strange lights in the sky. So we were like, you know, whatever. But then when it happened to us, I brought that up and we we're like, that's, strange so these lights either moved or they're just something that was citywide and they are no longer here so i have no clue what it was i just know that it wasn't normal at all so was it how many lights were you seeing uh it's about six lights okay and so would you describe it as the source of the lights were above the clouds. Is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say that it was definitely coming from above the clouds. Okay. Gotcha. Now, when you saw the plane go into the cloud, did that startle you at all that you weren't able to see it? Or was it one of those clouds that was just so big it could have gone anywhere I mean, did you even maybe hear about a missing plane after that? See, that's the thing. Uh, It wasn't like a heavy cloud you couldn't see through. We saw, you know, the lights through it, and we saw the plane go through it. And then we didn't see it come out. And so my initial thought was, you know, 
if this is something, we would hear about a missing plane the next day or hours from now since it was, you know, the nighttime. And to my understanding, I never heard about a missing plane. So maybe we just couldn't see it when it passed through the cloud or I don't know. But I just remember seeing a plane go through there and not coming out. Okay. That's uh, that's interesting. Kind of like a Bermuda Triangle-ish, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, all right. So that happens to you. Is that something you and your brother have talked about since? Uh, not really, no. I mean, we don't get... I would say no. <laughs> I was just trying to think of if we did in the past couple of years since it did happen. Now, do you think that's because of his lack of interest in these kind of topics? Or do you think, you know, maybe something else? Because I've heard people describe that they saw a UFO with several other people. And after they experienced the UFO, they just went about their business and didn't really talk about it or they saw a Bigfoot together and they go about their business and they don't really talk about it. They just kind of like let it go. And to me, that's not natural behavior because if I saw something that was, you know, extraordinary, like seeing a UFO or uh, even seeing strange lights in the sky that you just can't really describe the source of. And you're like, what is that? Like I'm the kind of person that I would talk about it right away with whoever I experienced with. And I probably would talk about it several times after that because I'm just, I'm like that. Now I understand not everybody's like me, but I, I do find it odd that sometimes people experience these things and they just never talk about it. And so, I mean, I was just wondering, is it something that you think because your brother's just not into these topics, he doesn't talk about it? Or do you think maybe there's something else going on? Um. See, I think you have a good point. Uh, I, I would say out of both of us, I'm more of a skeptical kind. Like, if I see something and I don't know what it is, I want to see it again or keep learning about it to actually know what it is. Uh, I would say that something like that, I would have to bring it up in the conversation or it would never get brought up, you know? So, I don't know if I don't think he's like scared of it or like doesn't really want to talk about it. I think it's just something that he's not as interested as say I am. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. Uh, when you saw these things and even the, even the first UFO. So both these, you know, UFS experiences, you know, unidentified flying somethings. Uh, mm -hmm. When you experienced both these, did you hear any sounds? See, uh, I can't remember uh, any sounds. I mean, like one was in the daytime and one was at night. They're both, well, the first one was clear uh, blue skies, you know, and the second one, it was a cloudy night, and I didn't hear any sounds whatsoever. And looking back, I'm like, you know, people hear sounds and people don't hear sounds, so I wonder if there's a certain reason why I didn't hear anything. Yeah, it's just, you know, one of those things where sometimes people hear the sounds and sometimes they don't. Uh, I do find that interesting because, you know, a lot of times if you hear a plane, you can hear a plane going over your head, even if it's, you know, pretty high. And, you know, for people not to hear sound, 
it's just a little odd, but it is what it is, you know? Uh, so when, when these things are flying over your head and everything, uh, are you feeling, I don't know, are you feeling different? Is there any kind of feeling that comes over you that is different than just a natural curiosity? Um, see, I think the reason why my brother and I, we were talking, well, I mean, maybe for me is because I kind of, uh, was aware of, okay, it's real. So I'm going to talk about it so I can remember that it's real rather than like being in a state of a trance, you know, maybe. And that's kind of why I kept saying, you know, to my brother, like, oh, yeah, you know, our friend saw it the other day, and, you know, we've seen it now, just so it would, I don't know, I guess be more real in a way. And I forgot to mention, too, that we didn't have our, we didn't have our phones in our hands as we were looking at it. So uh, after I hung up with him for him to come outside, I put my phone in my pocket and just stared at it. So then... It was about a minute that passed. We both put, took out our phones, and I was about to take a picture of it, and I think he was too, and they just vanished. They were gone. It's like someone turned off the light, and it was all gone. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it was right there, and now it's not there. So I have no clue. I I mean, it was nighttime. It was probably hard to take a picture anyways, but the point is that they just vanished. Yeah. That's really makes you feel like there's an intelligence behind it, you know? Right, definitely. And if there is an intelligence behind it, then how does it know you're reaching for your phone if that's the case? You know what I mean? How does it know that you're about to take a picture and it doesn't want to be taking a picture? It's very uh that's very interesting. Well, with your UFO encounters, I find them very fascinating, especially the first one, because when you, like I said, when you first said it, I was thinking, what? Like, <laughs> and, and, and I, I did a quick Google search and you were right. I mean, I, I started looking at a bunch of different sketches and different accounts of people seeing an ice cream cone fly, flying through the sky. So I find that very interesting. Now, when you were, now that happened a few years ago, right? Your last UFO sighting. Right. Uh, the lights happened about two years ago or so. Okay. So after that, you've had some kind of spiritual, demonic uh, encounter. You want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, I believe that happened around the same time this UFS, UFO sort of thing happened. Because uh, I have a feeling they both happen around the same time. Because I actually brought it up with my friends who I told later on about these two experiences, and they believe too it happened around the same time. So, uh, well, getting into it, uh, whenever I would wake up in the morning, I used to have scratches on my back a lot. And so I was like, you know, that's weird. Like I'm Wolverine, you know, scratching my back in my sleep. And that happened for years on and off. And it wasn't until one night, I guess, or one morning, whatever, uh, you know, I go to bed like normal and I wake up and 
like normal, there were scratches on my back. And I was like, okay, you know, that's really odd. Like, who does that in their sleep? So, uh, like, my brother and my friends, it has to deal with my brother again, which is a weird coincidence, I guess you could say. But, so, something happened, and uh, I can't remember what exactly, but I remember, uh, like, there was a weird presence in my room one night or one evening, uh, and I kept on getting continual scratches on my back. I have no clue why. And then, uh, it was like one day my brother, he told me, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, cause he has to walk past my room to get to his room at nighttime to sleep. So he said, as he was walking past my room, he felt like something, uh, came from my room and tried grabbing him and not letting him go into his room. And he, like, I never heard him sound scared before. And that was like the one time only he was kind of scared. And I was like, you know, my friends and I were joking. We're like, oh yeah, look, you know, Nick's got a demon in his room, you know, whatever. But I was like, you know, thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, that's probably not something to joke about. So, uh, like, I'm a Christian, and I know that uh, in the Bible it says that we have, like, dominion over evil spirits and demons, and we could cast them out. So I didn't know what else to do. I prayed, and so I was like, you know, I guess I'm just going to cast wherever this is, if it's something bad, if it's something good, I don't know, but try to attack my brother and I think this is where the scratches are coming from so I kind of cast it out or try to or I, I did one night and ever since then nothing else happened to him nothing no more scratches on my back so I don't know but it seems like it was something that's for sure yeah that's um I don't know man it's odd that your brother keeps being part of all these different experiences and you, you want to say it's a coincidence because, you know, especially going from the two UFO experiences to that, they seem unrelated, you know? Uh, but it also makes you wonder, are they? So, uh, when you, when you were waking up with those scratches on your back, were you thinking demonic, paranormal happenings going on or were you thinking just you know you're catching yourself on the bed or scratching yourself weird at night yeah it's a it's a weird coincidence if you say it's a coincidence but something i don't think it is a coincidence that's for sure and i don't know like i said it happened years on and off and i never felt any weird presence or never, you know, felt like I was in danger or anybody else was in danger until one night something actually happened and I wasn't, you know, delving into uh, any sort of like witchcraft or anything like that or hanging around with some people that would cast some sort of spells or anything. I was just, you know, living, you know, my life with my friends and family and doing what I normally do and one night that happened, so I don't know. 
I don't know why it happened. And like I said, ever since then, I don't get these scratches on my back. So I don't know. I'm just glad that's no longer here, whatever it was. Did your brother describe physically how he felt? Did he feel something physically grabbing him and pulling him? Uh, yeah, actually, he said, um, like, he was trying to, like, sort of fight his way into his room, like, hold on to the, uh, the door and, um, the, uh, what would you call it, like, the molding and, like, hold on to it. Like, he felt like something was, like, grabbing him. And so I was like, uh, that's kind of strange, you know, like, I don't, like, I don't like putting people in danger. I don't like myself in danger. And when that, when I heard that, I was like, all right, wherever it is, it needs to stop because if something's trying to grab somebody that is close to me, that's not something good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So let me ask you, you know, you said you're a Christian. Where's your brother at with that stuff? Is he a Christian? Uh, yeah, he is. But, uh, I mean, I don't, know exactly how close or how far he is in his faith, so I, I can't say for sure. But, um, like, my whole my whole family are Christians, and, uh, you know, we have, like, crosses and stuff in the house. So, you know, I didn't think, you know, anything would ever happen to us, you know, but it did, apparently. Okay. Yeah, because it just, you know, it makes you feel like there there could be something on a deeper spiritual level going on as far as um, something or whatever trying to uh, claim, I don't know, like authority almost. That seems like what it is. It's like, it's trying to, like, not like a possession, like in the body, but like claim almost like authority over um the area, you know, like with you waking up with scratches on your back, something trying to pull your brother into the room. Like it's, it just seems like something that's trying to claim itself as a top dog. You know, that's what, that's just what it made me feel like some kind of like spiritual, um, entity warfare, if that's what you want to call it. But, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, and since then you haven't had anything happen, huh? Right. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, ever since I listened to uh, episode 22, when the guy uh, that said that he had a handprint on his throat and he went through that whole ordeal, I was like, you know what? Wait a second. What if the same thing was happening to me, but in a different form or different fashion? So I kind of, I want to believe it was something like that just because the presence is gone. And, like, I don't wake up, like I said, with scratches. And it seems like it's all back to normal. So, I got you. That's really interesting, man. Uh, and I'm glad things are back to normal because nobody wants to live life like that, you know. Um, yeah. has, has your brother ever, you know, expressed to you anything else that's happened to him? Uh, no, no, not really. I mean, as far as I can remember, at least. But the strange thing is, is like all these things, like we said, 
has to be with him, but I feel like I'm the main focus in all three of these. Like the second encounter for the UFO I saw first, the demon thing or whatever it is, it happened to me first. So I don't know. Maybe he's kind of like the uh, middleman, I guess you could say. I don't, I don't really know. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's all gone. Yeah, it it presents an environment where you want to read into things and try to figure out what's going on because you you're left with a feeling of there's something going on behind the scenes and you just can't put your finger on it. And it makes you want to just kind of it makes you want to figure it out, you know? Right. Yeah. Definitely. Like, uh, I mean, I'm very skeptical about things. I like learning new things and something like this. I'd want to know more about it, but there's also that side of me that's like, okay, the more you learn and the more you do more deeper research into it, something may pop up that you may not be uh, mentally or spiritually or physically prepared for or could harm you. So that's kind of why I don't like to, I guess, all the time, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I, I understand where you're coming from. So, all right, so that all that happened to you and your brother. And I want to ask you, kind of transitioning here on topics, you heard about this show and myself on Sasquatch Chronicles. So clearly you're a Bigfoot enthusiast because most people who listen to that show are Bigfoot enthusiasts to certain extents. Now, you wanted to tell me about something that you've experienced out in the woods. How'd you first of all come to the point where you were going out into the woods doing for lack of better terms, Bigfoot research? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I actually did share about you on uh Sasquatch Chronicles and I do have a fondness for Sasquatch Bigfoot or whatever you want to call it. Um, so uh my good friend he pretty much is the main guy and I'm kinda like his right hand guy about Bigfoot. Like he knows more about Bigfoot than I do, but I try and learn more and try and one up him more, you know, whenever I get the chance to. So he's the one that actually initiated like, hey, we should, you know, find out any areas close to us and see if they have any Bigfoot activity and See if we could actually see some sort of evidence, not that we don't believe other people, but, you know, to see something for ourselves, whether it be a print, whether it be, you know, scat or uh, maybe Bigfoot itself. So, yeah, he's the one that basically uh, we're going out in the forest to uh, find this thing or not find it and find evidence of the thing. Okay. I got you. So walk us into what you experienced out there. I believe you said it was the big thicket. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, the big thicket, uh, in, uh, Southeast Texas. And, uh, it wasn't our first time there. We were there a few times before then. And, uh, we kind of did research online what to expect of it. Uh, you know, like if it, had any uh, venomous snakes, which it does, and learn the environment. And 
kind of figure out which trails to go to and all sorts of things like that. So after we did all that, we kind of went there once and uh, it was a very different scenery than what we're used to. Um, The first time actually we went there, it rained about a day or two before. So as we got to our destination, the trail, um, a lot of it was actually flooded. And it was interesting to see because there was these bridges that we couldn't uh, go across because they were flooded, like a couple feet of water. And we were like, yeah, we don't feel like getting in the water today. So we actually had to turn around the very first time. But it was really cool to see how the forest was with all the water. And we couldn't really go off the trail and look for any kind of sort of evidence. But we were just kind of seeing how the trail was and learning the whereabouts of everything, I guess you could say, for the very first time being there. So then we went there a second time, the same place, the same trail. And this was about two weeks to about a month later. And uh, the water was receding and or it receded because there's still water there, but not a whole lot as it was a couple of weeks ago. Well, a couple of weeks before then. So we were actually able to go across that bridge that was unaccessible the first time. So we went across it and we kind of went off trail a little bit here and there and you know we didn't see anything or you know see any evidence of anything but we hiked in about two hours in and we went off trail in different areas and we kind of went to an area that was kind of uncharted but once again we didn't really see much of anything just you know your average woods and you know, river here and there and bridges and it was it was pretty quiet the big thicket, but uh so we kinda knew what we were getting into, you know, like where the paths were, you know. Uh so when the third time came around, uh it was us three and two of our other friends, so there's five of us. So it was about Nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and we went to the big thicket, and we pulled up and parked in the parking area, and we got out, you know, put on, put on backpacks, you know, sprayed bug spray, uh, got the flashlights ready, you know, all that sort of stuff, because uh, there's lots of mosquitoes and other stuff in the woods at night that you can't even see. So as we were doing all that, you know, getting ready to go out and go venture into the big thicket, um, we heard these strange sounds coming off in the distance to our right. And we were all, you know, around the truck. And so it was all of our right. And we kind of like just shut up then and there and listened to whatever that noise was. And we knew it wasn't a coyote. Coyotes kind of have like a distinct call, and like I said, we did research prior to what kind of animals lived in the big thicket, and it wasn't anything 
that was listed and this was something that we've never even heard of before so we were like is this actually happening is this legit you know uh, it sounded kind of faint off in the distance I have no clue how to describe it, but I know it's something I've never heard in my life before. And I just kind of felt like, maybe we shouldn't do this, you know? But I I wanted to do it so I could hear more of it. And so it lasted, it was like three, three or four calls or whatever it was doing. And it was just dead quiet. So we were like, okay, whatever. So then we actually started walking on the trail again and uh our friend was actually recording all this so i don't know if he ever uh got anything worth listening to or not but so as we were walking through the forest granted it's 10 10 30 at night and it's super dark so our flashlights that we had you know on our head or uh some some of us we were carrying in our hands they weren't really that powerful. So we only could see like maybe, you know, 10, 20 feet ahead of us. So it was about 20, 30 minutes of us walking. And uh, we heard a faint, whatever that noise was before, as we got out of the truck, we heard it again, but it sounded like it was coming where the wolves were. But it also sounded the same direction because it kind of like twisted and turned uh, the trail that we were on, but it sounded like it was coming from the same direction. And so we're like, okay, that's definitely something because we heard it twice. So we were like, all right, we're going to just, you know, there's five of us. Uh, you know, if someone's going to get us, you know, there's five of us and we kind of, you know, out, outnumber it, whatever. But so we, uh, went around the trail and we left and we didn't hear anything uh, since that other second time, but it was interesting that we heard it again and nothing came into contact with us. We didn't hear any sort of animals. We didn't even see any animals. Uh, So that was kind of interesting to us, I guess. And that noise, I don't know what that was. That was definitely something I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, when you're out in the woods and stuff, you hear things that you just never could imagine and that you never even heard of before. And uh, for somebody who's familiar with the woods, it's even more creepy when you hear something that you just can't describe because you think you know just about everything that's out there. And so when you hear something, you're like, I have no idea what that is. And you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Uh your friend that was recording. Now you said that you never heard the recording that he, he had made of that day. Uh, is that something that you think he would have right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, he has it. I keep asking him, Hey, you know, I want to hear it. And he's one of those friends that you got to tell, you know, Hey, you know, I want to hear it. And then he just forgets or things come up. So I know he's not, you know, keeping it from me. just hasn't sent it to me. But he told me the morning after that he's like, yeah, you can definitely hear something that we couldn't hear, but the microphone picked it up. So that's something I want to get my hands on and listen to whatever it is, because uh, he 
actually tried like recording it on his phone and sending it to me, but obviously the audio distorted it and uh, all that. So I I want to hear it in person and see what it was that we heard. Yeah, absolutely. And if you do get a hold of it, send it over to me if you can, because that's uh, something I'd be definitely interested in hearing. Now, when we were talking earlier, you said that something else happened that same day. Am I right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, send it to you if I if I get a hold of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, something actually did. Uh, after we left the big thicket woods portion, uh, we all, you know, packed up our bags, got in the truck and left. And right over by the big thicket, there's actually um, something called the Ghost Road. It's maybe five, ten minutes away from the big thicket. And uh, apparently um, a lot of people have gone down it. Uh, The Ghost Road actually has its own Wikipedia page. I was like, okay, whatever. So apparently on this ghost road, uh, people see light uh, either like in the beginning or at the end of it. We don't, you know, that's what the Wikipedia page said. So uh, the one friend that actually got me into more Bigfoot research, he was actually on this road before with two of his other friends, and he saw the light that time. So he was wanting to take us out on it to see the light. And so, you know, we're like, all right, we heard something and it didn't kill us. So we're going to do something else that would try and kill us, you know, whatever, live life on the edge, you know? So, uh, we, we weren't exactly sure where this road was. Like we knew the vicinity of it, but we weren't a hundred percent sure. So we kind of pulled off to the side of the road and let these two cars pass. And so, uh, we uh, ended up getting behind one of the cars that passed us and they pulled up to the ghost road and uh, they were debating about going to it because you can miss the ghost road if you just like follow the normal road instead of going into this road, this uh, dirt road. And there's a little sign out there that says something like welcome to the ghost road or something so they kind of like pulled off to the side and they were kind of like unsure or uneasy kind of tell. And there was five of us guys in a big truck and we we're like, all right, you know, whatever, we're just going to go. But, uh, so it's like a eight or 10 mile road. I, I can't remember exactly, but we took our time down it. We were like going like 10, 15 miles an hour. Flat. We were just cruising down, you know, whatever people say that they saw lights. So we want to see some lights. So, uh, it didn't help that the car was behind us because, you know, like the car lights were on. So we were like, Oh man, you know, that, that car. So we were kind of upset about that car behind us, but, uh, they kind of slowed down for us. So we kind of had a, uh, an opening between both cars so we could see something. So it wasn't until about halfway down the road, uh, we could see something. And it was for like a split second in front of us. Now, uh, on the Wikipedia page, people say it's from a, like they see lights from a close 
a nearby highway, but there's no nearby highways. Like this is just a dirt road that is just in between woods and some people uh, live on this road, I guess. I mean, we saw trailers on this road, but there was nobody else in front of us and only the car behind us. And it was so far behind us. So we saw like this light. It looked, it was very bright. It looked like a car light, I guess you could say, but it was brighter than a car light and it only lasted for like a second. And I was like, okay, there was only one of them. So either a, it's a motorcycle with a super bright light or B it's the light that people see on this ghost road. So we kept on going along uh, the road and me and two of the other of my friends, we actually saw the light because uh, you don't know if it's going to be in front of you, if it's going to be behind you, you don't know. So uh, we, we kept driving on and the weird thing is it didn't have anything to do with this light on the ghost road, but we drove up on the road and to our left, there was a fire going. Like it looked like somebody literally just like started a fire and left. There was no cars nearby. Nobody was nearby. No trailers were nearby. We're like, that's kind of strange. Like that's something you've seen like horror movies, you know? So we're like, okay, you know, that's kind of uneasy. So uh, after that, we were debating about pulling off to the side just to like go outside of the truck and just kind of wait and look for these lights. But then as that was happening, the car behind us finally started to catch up to us. And we're like, okay, now we see its lights, you know, what's the point? So we just got back in the truck and started driving again. And it was about 10, 20 seconds or so later, we saw those lights again and we saw about two to three times and this time all five of us saw this light and it was as bright as it was before and it was about as far as away as it was before but it was just one light going and then it was off in like a second and then like another one then it was off in like a second so I don't know what that was but as we were continuing to drive along the dirt road, I mean, it seemed like it lasted forever. Uh, so as we neared the end of the road, uh, we saw this vehicle on the side of it. We were like, okay, that's kind of creepy. Like it's all dilapidated. And we are like, okay. And then as we are getting closer to it, uh, it was this broken down bus that you could tell it's been there for like years. It looked like somebody just like, uh, like this bus has been in like a car accident or something and just was left on the side of the road. And we are like, okay, that's kind of creepy. Like you can tell this thing has been there for years. But the thing though is my friend that has already been on that ghost road said that wasn't there when he was there the first time, which was only like six months beforehand. So we think it was kind of like a prop because it said like something, something elementary school. I can't remember what it said. So I Googled it right away just to see if it was something fake or real. And I couldn't find anything on Google if it was like an elementary school. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. It's probably like a prop, whatever. But yeah, we saw the lights and we saw some 
we saw that fire and that bus. Maybe it was real. Maybe it wasn't. We don't know. But yeah, uh, that was the encounter at the Ghost Road. Yeah, that's pretty um, pretty incredible. It reminds me of a story of experience that I had actually out in the woods. And uh, before, maybe I'll tell that story. I don't know. But is this the lights of Saratoga? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yes, actually, yeah, that's another name for it. Okay. In Hardin County, Texas, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it's over by Clumpy, uh, Texas, over that area. Yeah, I was just, I was doing some searching and stuff and uh, trying to kind of look into this as you were talking. And uh, it's it's pretty fascinating, man. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are seeing this. And some people are trying to, you know, blame it on swamp gas and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It seems like there's a real phenomenon going over there, going on over there, and you experienced it. Uh, I know I asked you this earlier with the UFO thing, and I'll ask you this with this too. When you saw the lights, did you feel any different, or was it just more like awe and amazement? Uh, actually, um, uh, before I answer that, the friend that was on the ghost road, the Saratoga lights before we were, uh, he said that his encounter was totally different than all of our encounters together. Like they were the only vehicle on the road and out of nowhere, he thought that a cop car was behind him and that was shining their light, you know, the bright light that they could see people with. And he's like, you know, that's a cop behind us and then they saw the light move up and up and down and it like was like right behind them and then just vanished and so he was saying you know oh yeah it's going to be behind us it's going to be behind us no it was actually in front of us and we saw it like four times so i think that was interesting that he had two different encounters on the same road uh and I didn't feel any different. I just felt glad to see. I was able to see these lights that he saw because it's not that that I didn't believe him, but it's that I wanted to see it with my own eyes and to experience that for myself. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. You know, I wanted to ask you about that fire that you saw, you know, I think it was after the first time you saw the lights. Uh, did the fire look like almost like a wildfire or did it look like it was a campfire that somebody had set up? Uh, yeah, it was actually like a campfire. Like it looked like somebody literally just wanted to have a fire there for no reason. Like there was a couple sticks and you could tell it was just like lit just then and there. Like it wasn't going on for like maybe not even five minutes. So I don't know. And we could have seen it as we were driving, like the fire, you know, uh, but we didn't until we literally like pulled up right by it. So I don't know. That was kind of weird. We were like, okay, there's a fire here and there's nobody around. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird. You know, I experienced uh, some lights in the woods at night. I, I don't think I've ever told this story on the confessionals and I'll tell it now since it's relevant. If I have told the story, I apologize. <laughs> um, so I went to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference in 2015. And 
me and three other guys went out into the woods, you know, just your typical night hike. The problem is everybody else is doing the same exact thing. So you're not going to really see a Bigfoot out there. Um, at least you wouldn't think so because there's just so many people in the woods those nights. We're walking along a path in the, in the woods. It was a really thin, narrow path. And to your left, it was a very steep hill. And I think there was a creek at the bottom of this hill. And to your right, it's a very steep hill going up. And we're walking along this hillside, essentially, in the dark. We had one light, and the guy in front had the light. And I'm, I'm second in line, and there's two guys behind me. And we're walking this hillside, and, you know, I'm a little edgy, you know. I, 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 for one, I had just met these guys. I didn't really know them real well. Now they're good friends of mine, but at the time, I didn't really know them. And, you know, I'm out in the woods by myself with these guys at night. We're looking for Bigfoot. It just didn't, I was a little on the edge. And so I'm looking around. I'm trying to keep my eye on everything around me. And I look up to my right up this hill and I see a light inside the canopy of the trees. Now, at first you're like, okay, is that a plane flying over the trees? And I had the guy stop. We all stopped and I pointed up for us all to look. And the more we looked, the more I looked, you could tell the light was on the inside of the forest canopy, like on our side of the trees. And it was pulsating. It would go, it would be illuminated and it would slowly pulse out. And then it would slowly illuminate and then slowly pulse out. And it continued to do that for quite a bit. I would say a few minutes we just stood there watching this thing. And it didn't move. It wasn't like a plane moving over the trees and you could see kind of in between the branches. And that's why it looks like it's pulsating. It wasn't moving. It was staying in one spot, just pulsating. And I'm saying to the guys, you guys see that? And I believe the two guys behind me saw it. The guy in front of me, he's never, he never saw it. Uh, to this day, I think I talked to him about it. And he, he said, no, he never saw it. He remembers us stopping to look, but he never saw it. And I just found that whole situation interesting because we're out there looking for, you know, signs of Bigfoot. And I look up and I had heard about people seeing these lights in the forest, but I had never seen lights in the forest until that night. But sure enough, that night, that, that light was just pulsating in and out, in and out. And then it just slowly pulsated out and it was gone because the pulsating, it was never completely like, deluminated. You could always still see it as it was going in and out, but that last, it just like, it diffused and it was just gone. And, uh, we, we actually continued on our way. Like, I mean, it was just, you know, we talked about it, but we continued doing what we were doing. I, I think I was more fascinated by it than any of the other guys. Um, they just kind of brush it off like whatever, you know, <laughs> but you know, the one guy actually saw a Bigfoot from its shins up. So like he saw a Bigfoot in daylight once uh, from about 90 feet away. And uh, the other guy had his own experiences and the other guy in front of me had his own experiences. So I was really the one out there that really didn't have many experiences. I never saw a Bigfoot, never came close to seeing a Bigfoot, you know? So uh, I think maybe that's why they, they didn't, they're like, oh yeah, light. Okay, whatever. We're out here looking for Bigfoot. That's, their, <laughs> that's the goal. But me, I was like, whoa, look at the light. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would be mesmerized by that light too. I just find it interesting because I know I've seen on TV shows and you know, I, I feel like 
Do you know if they ever did a TV show on the light of Saratoga? Uh, to be honest, I like I only heard about it like two months ago, so I haven't really done much research into it except go there and see it for myself. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. It does be something to look up for sure. Yeah, because uh, I know I've seen different TV shows where they focus on such kind of lights, and one I remember. I believe they actually, I think it might've been fact or fake. Uh, they actually did an experiment and they actually went out to this road where it, I think it was like every night at a certain time, this light just came up over the road and like hovered there and it was super bright. And they did this experiment to see if they could see it themselves. And sure enough, they got it on camera where it illuminated and it was bright. I mean, it, this thing was, it wasn't just, you know, some little dim light. I mean, it really lit up the area and it was very um, luminous. So when I think about what you're describing to me, it makes me remember that show. And I didn't know if it was the same thing or not. But uh, from what you described, if I'm correct, you described these lights as actually moving? Uh, the ones that I saw, uh, I don't know if it moved, but I saw it four different times. And they were about like the same distance, the same brightness. And the same uh, length far away from me, I guess you could say. Uh, I mean, they were bright, but they weren't moving at all. And they only lasted like a couple seconds. So if you blinked, you would, like, you would miss it. So, yeah, very different from my other friend's encounter of it. Okay, gotcha. And, what, you know, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you, when you guys recounted your story together and you guys are talking about this, did you guys all have the same story or did anybody say any details that nobody else really experienced during this whole thing? The thing though is, uh, we're, we're kind of pretty close. Like we all known each other like 10 plus years. So if something like happened that night or during then we would point out like, Hey, look this. So, you know, uh, when we were driving down the road, half of us was looking behind us and the other half was looking in front of us to see the lights. Uh, I don't think none of us saw something that the other person didn't see, except if they didn't look in the direction that the lights were in. But like we talked about the fire. We we're like, yeah, you see the fire. We we're like, yeah, that's kind of weird. And then like the bus, we kind of like got all quiet and talked about that. But yeah, I don't think like one person saw something that the rest of us didn't see. Okay. And these lights that you guys saw, were they up in the sky kind of, or were they more low to the ground? Uh, see, that's probably uh, where our descriptions may vary, but we all saw the lights. Like they weren't eye level, if that makes any sense. Like I was behind the driver and I saw the light, and it was kind of above the truck, but I could still see it through the um, through the window. So, if it was something, it had to have been higher than the truck, and trucks aren't usually low to the ground. Okay, I got you. So it was it wasn't like super high in the sky, but it wasn't hovering just above the ground either. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. 
Okay, Nick. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these experiences you had. I mean, you've had uh, quite a life of experiences, starting with that UFO uh, ice cream cone. It's very uh, different. And I, I'm actually looking forward to uh, looking into that myself and finding more stuff about that because that short that short search that I did on Google showed some stuff. And I'm thinking, man, there must be something to this. So I definitely want to check that out myself. But, uh, you know, before we get out of here and stuff, do you have any parting words as far as, you know, you've seen UFOs and also lights, you know, recently? I think you said that was up to, what, two weeks ago? Um, yeah, it was actually like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, so okay. it was pretty recent, actually. Yeah, that's very recent. So with all that stuff, you know, throughout your life up to two weeks ago, you know, do you have any parting words for the audience that might be experiencing similar things as to you? You know, what would you say to them if they're not sure if they want to talk about these kind of things? Um, well, I'm not the most vocal guy. I am a better listener, but if something has happened to you and you need somebody to talk to about it, or you just want to get off your chest, or you're just not sure what it is, I would definitely talk to somebody about it. I mean, you never know what it is unless you research it or talk to somebody that's may have heard about it or seen it. And I would be careful if you just go out there not knowing what you're getting into and not really worrying about the repercussions that could happen to you. So, yeah, (laughs) I would be careful. Yeah, that's some good advice, being careful, for sure. Because I think a lot of times people get excited about these topics and they just jump into it and uh, they don't really think about the danger aspects of things. Natural dangers of running around the woods at night looking for something, let alone the supernatural aspect of things as well. So definitely some good words of advice. And Nick, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you ever have any other experiences, you know how to get a hold of me, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. And thank you so much, Tony. It's been a pleasure. I enjoy your show a lot. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing it later whenever you post it. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I look forward to posting it myself. I'll talk to you later, okay? All righty. Thank you. Well, that's the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have a chance, go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. The Twitter handle is T Confessionals. That's T Confessionals. You can also follow me personally on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter handle and Instagram handle are the same, which is Tony underscore Merkel. Tony underscore Merkel. If you've had an encounter of any kind that you'd like to talk about, whether it's a ghost, Bigfoot, alien, government conspiracy, it doesn't matter what it is. If you want to talk to me about it on the show, go ahead and email me at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Until next week, friends, take care.
thinking that you could be trusted Did you have to ruin what was shining? Now it's all rusted Did you have to hit me where I'm weak? Baby, I couldn't breathe and rub it in so deep Salt in the wound like you're laughing right at me Oh, 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 